three. Hello. This is the only Star Trek podcast that exists on the internet. This is not our theme song. This came out the same day as the Star Trek uh, episode we're about to discuss. November 2nd, 1987. What do you think about this? This is really excellent. Um, what's kind of amazing oh is my God. how well these songs are tying in with the episodes we're about to watch. Uh, I think we're alone now. The name of the episode we're about to discuss is Lonely Among Us. Lonely Among Us. This song, I have... Do you ever experience waves of of nostalgia that make you want to curl up into a ball and cry for no reason? Yes. I don't know why this song does it to me every time. Oh no. Ve- not I don't know if it's a bad thing or not. Just like an overwhelming of just just, just feelings. Like, yeah. It's like we definitely had skating rink visits. Mm where this was going on and that that style that style of jean jacket with like yeah it's like kind of bigger but stonewashed or whatever yeah she's like <laughs> she's so um 1980s mall rat yeah super into it and those big hoop earrings are back they are also, I'm pretty sure that whole aesthetic would work very well on TikTok right now. Yeah. Oh, and she's holding Gumby for no reason. Did you know that this song, I Think We're Alone Now, this song was like, it's been famous. Uh, it was famous in 1967, in 1968, in 1978. Uh, then Tiffany did it in 1987. I guess that was the last time. Yeah, yeah. Snuff version. I'm not going to click on that. Punk heavy. Um, Girls Aloud version in 2006. I mostly listened to the oldies radio station when I was a kid. And Mm. so I was much more familiar with, um, the uh, the older versions, Tommy James and the Shondells, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe in some some Lean Lovitch. I didn't. I don't. I think I'm only familiar with the Tiffany version, or I'm sorry, I'm familiar with the Tiffany version, and then I'm way more familiar with the Weird Al version. They're gonna play an ad before we can watch it a bit. Why don't you spend your money on Disney Plus? Look at this girl reading a book. You should click on this. Okay. But this version, this... This is the one. Oh my god, yeah. I think I was so used to hearing the Weird Al version, it was like a treat to hear the Tiffany version. (laughs) And there's no video, there's no Weird Al video for this, but... Yeah. This happened four months. First concert I ever went to was a Weird Al concert. Whoa, I'm so jealous. I've never seen him play. This, of course, is the only Star Trek podcast that exists on the internet. The only one. 
I'm really jealous. I tried to go see him when he came to the fair here in Minnesota, where we Minnesota. were from. Minnesota. That um, there's a Deadwood episode where um, this is inappropriate, but they call them the Squareheads. And <gasps> I know. And the, the Squareheads from Minnesota pronounce it like that. Minnesota. Um, but I didn't go see him. But same same year, dear listener, we we are concerned with having you be immersed in the time period. Immersed. That's why we want to share these little factlets with you. If anybody ever says the word factoid to you, listener, and thinks that they're using a word that means small fact, you punch him in the face. <laughs> Right in their right in their dirty mouth and say, that's not what a factoid is. A factoid means something that is wrong and a lie. Because that's the truth. The proper word is factlet. Did you know this? I did not know that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I learned something new today. Yeah, factoid. So factoid, it is not a brief or a trivial. See, it's not, that is not true. That is not true. Um, is not see. I see it. Factoid is not a small fact. It's a mistaken assumption repeated so often it is believed to be true. Hmm. Norman. It's actually really interesting. Yeah, Norman Mailer who wrote. Uh, yeah, factlet. Factlet. I'll uh, I'll, I'll work on punching spreading people that. in their nasty mouth when they say it. Shut yeah. up. I mean, that's, that's my MO, you know, just no discussion, no reasonable explanation. Just punch them right into their, their dirty mouths. Yeah. Um, Only if they have a dirty mouth. Should we, should we go into, before we get into the episode, should we go into it all what has happened this week with the election? Let's spend two minutes on it. Starting <laughs> now. So it's just like two minutes of me disassociating. <laughs> uh, like... Let's see. Uh, so Tuesday there was the election. A bunch of people voted in person. And then uh, Donald Trump presented. Rachel voted early. I'm sorry. More admiral than you voted early. And then I, vote, I also voted early. I voted mail. And then Trump was ahead of a bunch of states. And then a bunch of mail came in and he said i don't like that mail uh it's fake and it's fake mail and then um the vote uh now is for biden the other old man yep it is it currently sits at um 264 electoral votes for biden 214 for trump we still got like a minute and 15 seconds left to talk about it uh, uh it is a very biden good is also biden is also wearing the winning the popular vote right now which I, I'm making light of it, but it's a very good thing that he is winning. Um, yeah, and they've cried a little bit earlier. He, he <laughs> may have. At it. Uh, he may have. Huh. I definitely did. Because um, I, I let myself feel relieved for a little bit, and then I like tucked it back in because we I, don't know. Yeah, I was listening to Pod Save America, and and the title of their episode for today is "We Won," and I'm like, no, don't do that. Don't we do haven't that. though. Like, there's. There, we, there's, there's no winner declared yet. It has it's, not been called. It's very likely, um, very, very likely 
but no, I'm not, I'm not going to say that because that's what Trump's doing. He's declaring himself a winner before he's the winner. So you remember that episode of the office where Michael declares bankruptcy? Like I declare like, oh. the bankruptcy. <laughs> the I declare like, I'm the president of the United States. <laughs> and the Oscar's like, you can't just say Five, bankruptcy. It's like I didn't say it. Three, I declared it. Two. That's our election coverage. Some good two coverage. minutes. I was keeping my eye on the clock. Okay. Um. So we are talking about the Star's w- Trek. The star. The Star's Trek. Which I want to I want to mention here for a second. Mm-hmm. You look on Amazon; it is called season one, episode six, "The Lonely Among Us." We've gone mm-hmm. over this, but I feel like I need to elaborate because if you look here, that's what it says. If mm-hmm. you Google, um, if you Google it in a different place, like if you look on Wikipedia, it says season one, episode seven, because it's treating the the two-hour pilot as two episodes, right? We go by the the like Amazon video numerical system, which this mm-hmm. is. I understand you can chop up a thing and then make them episodes after the fact, but the fact is that was like the TV movie, the 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 pilot. That was the mm-hmm. TV movie. It was released in one part. They did it after the fact and chopped it up, but still, right? Yep. So. Important, important to uh, remind our listeners in case they are like following along, you know, on Wikipedia or Memory Alpha. Yeah, I've never opened Memory Alpha. I use Memory Alpha quite often. Oh, you do. You keep doing that because that'll give uh, it will have genuine moments of me being like, I've never heard of that. And you will know more things. Okay. so this episode, episode six not seven. Um, as we said, aired on November 2nd, 1987. Um, DC Fontana writes a whole lot of Star Trek. Dorothy Catherine Fontana. Right? Yeah. Just her name's all over these things. Um, what a fun was, job. I know. I know. <laughs> Just... Um, the next generation, it was the first episode of Next Generation that was directed by Cliff Bowl, whoever he was, but apparently he directed episodes of The Six Million Dollar Man, Amazing Spider Man, Vega, Dollar Sign, Charlie's Angels, V, Baywatch, X Files, and Deep Space Nine, also. You know, um, that makes sense, uh, considering the like very physical nature of this episode. Yeah. The like a yeah. lar- lot of large. Uh, movements and gestures. Well, right. The, Mostly because people were full of electricity or whatever. Yeah. Um, really cool. Uh, spoilers, 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 by the way. Really cool aliens in this. Um, we see the first appearance of the dress, the dress uniform, which literally, so they, in the military, they would call things, oh, put on your dress blues, right? Like my dad was in the military. He had he had his dress blues that he would put on for like for like fancy occasions. Mm-hmm. It was a uniform that was like dressed up. And I suppose that's why they called it the dress blues. In mm-hmm. this, it is very literally a dress. Which I enjoy. Yeah. I mean, there's 
there was um i sent you that picture of, of like dudes wearing skirts in the background of the star trek yeah episodes like and... every once in a while it's it's pretty rare but every once in a while you'll catch like in an open like doorway or walking on a hall a dude in one of the like mini um mini uh, mini skirt uniforms yeah and What did I just knock off of my desk? Oh, I see. A book. Um, yeah. And yeah, the little explanation I saw is that they they did that because they wanted to say, like, there was no such thing as gender inequality um, in Star Trek. And so why not, like, people could wear whatever they wanted to wear. Right. Also, um, Jean-Luc has really nice legs. So I enjoy that. But he he's got in but he's not he's wearing pants underneath his dress. I know, but the, they're very form fitted. They're like leggings that cover are they? they're the they're the leggings that like go down over the boots. Yeah. Which I find to be a very interesting look. Yeah. Futuristic. So which, which leads me to believe they're either pants or leggings or something, or everyone has thigh high boots on. Oh, okay. Okay. That's my new headcanon. Is everybody just has thigh high boots on under those with a dress uniform? Um Yeah. I'd buy it. Yeah. Um I, one of the reasons backpedaling just a little bit that I wanted to mention the election. I was very distracted watching this episode. So and recording this. We might not be as crisp. As it's crisp and to the point as we are on every other episode. Concise. It might be a little, yeah, concise. We're known for our um, uh, concise delivery and pithiness. Uh, pithiness. Pithy. We are full of pith. We often We're take pith. We're pith filled. We take, we take and give pith. is why i have an empty um laundry <laughs> uh detergent container in my car that's smart it's got yeah. a handle got a handle can't see through it see, that's that's the way to do it pith pith what we're all about so um <laughs> look at the rating so one of the things i know is the rating on this uh -huh. Drug use and foul language. We have orbited the two major planets of the I did not ask system, aboard what you orbited yet. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so this episode marked the first appearance of the Deep Space Nine recurring cast member, Mark Alamo. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, was he in? Was he Guldicott in this episode? No. No, no. He was, I think he's one of, um, I remember recognizing his voice. Huh. Is my. Uh, 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 uh. uh, uh, uh. I remember who he plays he's just i love playing like spot goldicott in star trek because yeah. he shows up in so much um 
that you don't expect him to be in. Yeah. He's, oh, it's interesting. He's uncredited. Oh. In this, he plays, um, let's watch for a character named, come on here, come on, come on. He plays Badar NDD. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see N apostrophe D apostrophe? Yeah. <laughs> Badar. And uh, Colmini's in this episode and he plays security guard one. He's not even playing uh, O'Brien? Funny. Yeah, he just sort of like hovered in the background for a while. Um. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he no what, what go ahead what do you uh, like so badar uh <laughs> is one of the like rat dog people that go on, on board yeah. he's like the lead one who's just like <laughs> they have to be i wonder if they're modifying his voice a little bit um yeah Enterprise is en en route to planet Parliament with delegates from two warring planets, the Beta Renner system, the Reptilian Soleil, and the K9 Antiken. (laughs) And Um. the Antiken guy is like, oh, I could smell those reptiles on board. Oh, yeah, but it's fine. They're like 100 meters away from you. Is that enough? Like, no. No. Different deck. No. And upwind. Upwind on a starship. I love watching Tasha. Tasha has like zero control over her face. She has no poker face. She's got this like, what the fuck? Yeah. And are you and, kidding me with this? Shit? And also, she looks, she looks great always. I think. Just but, always. But she does look weird in um. She does look weird in that dre- in the dressy thing. Oh wait, that's not what we're playing. Um, right? Like it just doesn't just doesn't fit on her. It's like I think it's because she looks uncomfortable in it. Yeah, I'm just used to seeing her so badass. You know, it'd be like seeing. Uh, Oh, what's her name from uh, Mad Max? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Charlize Theron, but what was her character's name? Furiosa. Furiosa. Yeah, it'd be like seeing Furiosa in like a long dressy thing like that. Like, Yeah, it looks like her, her range of movement might be limited. Right. Like she probably can't um, do like a high kick as well to like kick someone like in the face. Right. I, I kind of like... Love- yeah, go ahead. I, I love the costumes. Like they're they're so cheesy and like you they're clearly rubber and the actors are having just a real hard time talking <laughs> in them. Yeah. Such a hard time. But they're so good and like the body language, because they sort of like uh sort of hobble off the um oh. the transporter pad. Right. Riker looks good in that uniform too. Yeah, Riker does look good. We must be upwind from the Antikins. 
Oh yeah, the, the Soleil. The Soleil. Don't like how the Antikins Soleil. Smell. Yeah, like so there's that guy. And then this one here. He's like, Yeah, that guy really I'm a kinda, lizard. <laughs> <laughs> act like a lizard. Yeah. Neither seem like very promising Federation candidates. Racist. Yeah, like everybody. They're all, they're all just assholes. Um, Tasha, it's really interesting. Tasha has kind of a hard time with new species. Yeah. Uh, just in general. She's like, that's weird. She's almost always the first one to say something strange. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Um, what is this nonsense? I never understood that sort of hostility. Shut up, Riker. You get mad plenty of times in this series. Um, um yeah it, it energy object ahead on the screen <laughs> so then there's another unusual energy object we are six episodes in how many episodes of these have we had unusual energy objects the well i mean one. they don't it's not like they're filming when they're not seeing something interesting you no know, no like i the get documentary it documentary series that's following no, I get it, but <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. Um, obviously, we want interesting things to happen each time, but there's been unusual energy blobs in, in every episode. Like, you know, it's just like amorphous things. If, uh, yeah. they, they figured it out better in the second season, I think. Yeah, they had more specific language around what sort of anomalies they were. Mm -hmm. um, I do... I am curious about what, from like a scientific perspective, what a scientist would say, um, like how many weird anomalies are there? Like what is, like how likely would someone be to run into something just like bonkers? Right, like flying around. Well, I suppose more likely because they can travel at faster than light speed. So That's true more likely than going at shuttle speed or whatever. Right. Whatever it is. Um, impulse. Impulse. So they encounter this weird thing. And Worf is hanging out with Jordy. Being pals. And they're in the sensor room thing, right? And, yeah. and here's that that's one of the weirdest Worf lines. It's the, weird. You know, but the captain is. He wants his juniors to learn, learn, learn. Wait, I, I want to kind of want to hear this one. I'm just going to talk over it, though. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, but I want to. Sensor assemblies. Oh, Simple, okay. Jordy. Our captain wants his junior officers to learn, learn, learn. <laughs> Not just his junior ones. Okay, you hold this relay offline while I just need some. What I like is that the show is when that they're starting to like utilize Worf's comedic abilities. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like, it's not a super funny line, but it's, he's not just sort of growling at everything. Right. Yeah, for sure. But, and they, it's, um, this episode is in a, a long, um, has part of a long-standing tradition of showing how tough something is by having it knock out Worf. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, if an alien knocks Worf down, it's, it's a pretty strong alien. Mm-hmm. Um, and is this the only time we ever see sensor maintenance? Do you see this? Security to sensor yeah. maintenance? And I think that's what that room is, right? Sensor maintenance? It's got to be. I think going forward, 
they're probably saving money on sets by just doing all that stuff in engineering. Yeah. It, I, I like the little alcove, though. It looks pretty cool. I wish they had more of that, because that makes sense that you'd have, like, little sections. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they're doing the life form reading on the, on the energy cloud, and then I'm waiting to get to where Worf gets zapped. I like how they're like, you know what? Let's look at it real close. Can we just like, can we just touch it a little bit? Just a little bit. Just a little, just a little, just a little boop. Let's want to boop the nebula. Here it comes. It's like, hang on. What do you think made him want to go check that? He probably saw saw some display that you know. I'm I'm assuming they're used to looking at these displays, so he probably saw something that was like out of the ordinary. <laughs> God. Let's hear that again. <laughs> what I really also enjoy is this was still when he had the Klingon teeth. Yeah, and the and the short hair. And the short hair. And his upper lip goes so high. He shows just so much gum. Yeah. Here it comes. <laughs> then it flakes. It's <laughs> an amazing fall. It was. It was so, like I, it's cheesy, but I, I genuinely I, like. I love it so much. It's perfect. It's a perfect fall. It's like, um. You know, he gets hit by the thing. He doesn't get, like, thrown across the room, but he does, like, bounce off some surfaces. Yeah. And yeah. tumbles to the ground. All in, like, a... one one shot. Yeah. Yeah. Legit, legit fall. Mm-hmm. And they have a medical emergency. Medical emergency and sensor maintenance. I repeat, this is a medical emergency. You don't see enough. I guess they I guess they have opportunities later on in the, in the series to... Um... Oh, God. I just love this intro so much. So good. It's such a soothing sound for me now because yeah. I have such like happy emotional connections to the show. Yeah. Um I don't I I feel like I feel like if they said Peter tomorrow we're coming out with a series and it's just Worf and Jordy in like a small shuttle just going everywhere. Sign me up. Yeah. Oh, I'd 100% be on board. There's, they have really great, so I never thought about it before, but they really do have excellent chemistry, the two of them. Yeah. Like, there's, there's this one episode where everybody's, like, coming down with this weird space cold or something. And um, Worf makes a comment about sneezing, and Jordy's like, Klingon sneezes? Or Worf says something about Klingon sneezes, and Jordy's like, Klingon sneezes? It's like it's the only kind I know. <laughs> you know what their dynamic is? Hmm. Um, their the their dynamic is uh the same as this. Like, have you seen this Instagram comic guy? Pet foolery. I have not. Or wait, maybe I have. Yes, yes, with the big like the Brutus little kitten and the little kitten and yeah. the like big mean scary uh like ex-military um german shepherd yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yes hey hey wharf 
why is he playing with those heavy things? He isn't playing, Jordy. He's exercising. You know? Uh, that same same dynamic. With a little more sass, because Jordy can get kind of salty sometimes. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> he gets so salty. But yeah, it's very much that kind of dynamic. I I just LeVar Burton and I share the same birthday. Not the okay. same year, but we're same birthday. Um I love love LeVar Burton. I think here's here's my evening. here's my hot take about LeVar Burton. Uh-huh. When dear Saint Trebek Trebek comma Alex leaves Jeopardy. Uh clearly LeVar Burton needs to take over. Wow. It's I had I I never thought about that, but he's yeah. Super genuine. He's very like his career has been committed to reading and books and like knowledge and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And um Jeopardy's a game show, but it's very much like we are about the learning and the like, you know, that aspect of it. And it can't be like it can't be like too funny and it can't be like too um R rated or PG thirteen rated or whatever, you know? Yeah. And he doesn't tend to like play blue, at least in like the interviews and stuff where I've seen him. No. No. Um have you listened to his uh his podcast? Yeah. I read stories. His voice is so soothing. I need to get back to listening to that at night because it was just really a really lovely way to fall asleep. Yeah. This is Robert and reading me a bedtime story. Yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah. So let's go here. Okay. There's, um, speaking of LeVar and Worf, one more tangent before we get back on, on yeah. track. There's an episode of Reading Rainbow um, where they go behind the scenes on Star Trek. And you get to see Worf um, coming out of his trailer. He says, watch out. I take big steps. <laughs> and it's so good. <laughs> it's an amazing episode. Like Jordy talk, or uh, LeVar Burton talks about his visor. And, oh, right. Um, it was just like two of my favorite things combined because I loved reading Rainbow. These headphones are so hot. Ugh. Need to have like little little coolant fans in them. I know. Gosh. Um, all right. What else can we say about this? So, um, Worf falls, and then when does Picard become like possessed or whatever? He's the last one to get it. He's the last one. So first it goes from Worf, and I think it's about to go into Crusher. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, because she's like so operating Wor- on or whatever. Also, Worf that can ha- barely fit in that bio bed. <laughs> right, yeah. He's a good beefy boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that <face. laughs> the slow turn that Tasha does there. But she that does hat, that so often. She's like, what? That, that, that the hat? hat the, the hat thing that Beverly has. What I <laughs> they they're uh, doing that a lot, the turning into the scene. They're facing completely away and then they 
turn dramatically into the camera. Uh, yeah, because they're talking. So this scene, they're talking to one of the uh, Antican, one of the canine folks who um, need their, their sh- they eat live food. Yeah. And um, Tasha is just like, what? It's like, she just cannot with these Antikins. Yeah. And he also, also the, the makeup for the Antikins, um, it looks like Sir Didymus from uh, Labyrinth a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is Goldicott, by the way. Oh, that's Goldicott. Yeah. But we have uh, seen humans eat meat. What I love in the scene is once it pans out to like a wider view, you see this Antikin just like chilling on the floor, just like lounging in this like really dimly lit Oh yeah. 70s lounge yeah, that's true. room. He's, he's just like sitting there, like not on a couch, because he's part dog, right? Is that what it is? They don't let the, the antiquants on the furniture. <laughs> yeah, this, this hat Crusher is wearing. It's like it's like a head. It's like a forehead covering, mm-hmm. and like it doesn't cover her whole head, right? Because we can see her hair coming out of the back there. Yeah, it's just like. It's part of her cool. forehead and a little like flip down. I like the flip piece. down thing. The flip down eyepiece over one eye is very cool, future looking e. Yeah, and we don't see a lot of that going forward. It just turns into like tricord and a little like doodly doot. So does that wharf now does not have it anymore? Now Correct. it's only in Russia. Oh, uh, Crusher. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up the pace here a little bit. Yeah. Um, our sponsors want us to get going we got crusher and wesley doing some stuff it's like possessed crusher so she's like super weird oh that's right now she's like she's just like wandering on the bridge and touching stuff what is it when people whenever yeah it's like people do this when when they want to like mimic being being possessed or something they sort of like float this like very kind of floaty but it's not floating because you're like you're sort of like slow walking, but keeping your torso in the same plane and kind of also having your hands slightly raised up. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So I think that is the clip to put on Instagram right there. <laughs> uh, of the videos? Okay. Remind no, of, me. Of, of you. Like. <laughs> yes. Why? I don't know. And then they all always talk like and that. And just like yeah, randomly see, touching stuff. But like, see how her like, arms are si- slightly cocked, like at like a, uh, what do you want to call that? 45 degree angle? Yeah, it's a 45. Okay. It's good. About a, it's it's good about a 45. 45 degree. That's a good 45 degreaser right there. This is the helm. Unless there have been some changes I don't know about. Ah, There's a journey zing. salt. Unless there have been some changes I don't know about. You will wish to know Lieutenant Worf is much improved, ready to return to duty. Yeah, she's she's like fidgeting with her hands. Yeah, you that that humor that that Jordy just had there. That's the closest to like, like every other military thing that you see. There's there's like, um, don't call me sir. I work for a living. Have you heard? You know, have you heard that? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, 
enlisted versus um, people that are officers, officers or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and they don't even really have that on Discovery either. But I think that would be an interesting dynamic to to enter in. It's like the grunts and then the officers. You know. Yeah, we do see a little bit more of that on on TNG once O'Brien comes around because he is um he's, he's an enlisted man yeah he's enlisted yeah and it's that's a big deal to him yeah um it's it's really important to him even though he always has like a ton of responsibility um it's it's much yeah. more in line with his his character too i i sort of i understand that from a from a different degree because i work in academia don't go trying to find me people but um, there's a divide between, between PhDs and not PhDs. And here's the thing. I don't have a PhD, and I don't think I ever want to. It's like, it, you know, I almost feel like mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It's like if somebody were to mistakenly call me doctor, I would say, don't call me doctor. I work for a living, you know, <laughs> like I actually get things done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it, I feel kind of the same way. And okay, I like this this screen, uh, uh, like Beverly looking like um, something out of a Korean horror film, like on her <laughs> face. And then the caption is a temporary mental aberration. Um, here, let me. Yeah, I like how that's how she explains war falling over. It's like, oh, his just a temporary mental aberration. Yeah. Like that would be more concerning to me as a physician. Like somebody just fell over because something weird happened in their brain and now they're done. It's fine. But she's but she's possessed, right? I expect a better Then I will have to first run some cross checks on the library. And she keeps looking around like she's looking for something. Klingons are so unusual. Still but now hands are at like a ninety degree kind of fidgeting. She's jonesing for something. Oh yeah, and now she's about to try to like take over some systems while Data casually watches her do so. He's like, oh, what does that have to do with science? <laughs> like, I guess I don't his... get it. Cool. Doctor. What does helm control have to do with medical cross-checks? Have you noticed how Brent, Brent Spiner has kind of like wall-eyed? Or is that just the makeup? I think it's the contacts. Oh, okay. Because, uh... Folks who have to wear colored contacts, um, once in a while they'll just start like slipping. Oh, that makes drifting sense. a little. Something wrong, doctor. Doctor, are you all right? Okay, we gotta we right. gotta pick it up here. Yep. So the the electricity went into the computer. Um, God, there's <laughs> <laughs> this scene. God, this I know that this is the thing is they're both like B plots. Yeah, yeah. It's like two it's B true. plots in an episode. Yeah. The Sele delegation and the Antigans are so funny to me because they keep finding like these terrible murder weapons <laughs> yeah. in each one. Right. Just... And they just keep brushing it off like, oh, cultural differences. Doo, doo, doo. Oh, <laughs> right? you. <laughs> right. Like, what are, the, what are the hijinks that these, uh, these two people trying to yeah. eat each other? Yeah. Kill each other. Yeah. Ha ha ha! Oh, you, you dog species. Um, okay. I do like their furry hands, though. 
It's I mean, the, the, the whole yeah. costume is just very good with her bulbous heads. And here's the thing like, this, this, it, let's say it was, it was a time when we would watch TV shows and other people would be around, like, and we're not in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. If you're like dating somebody and you just move in together and like he or she or they are into Star Trek, but they know you are and you're like, oh, hey, I'm got, I got to watch this episode for for a podcast. They walk in and see this. <laughs> they're like, I'm out. Where's my bag? They either like, I'm out or they're like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But this I feel a, like this, this is a is, litmus test episode. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I feel like if you're used to watching like not sci-fi and then you come across this, you're like, see, I knew it. I knew what this <laughs> stuff was like. Yeah. Like, no, but no, but just 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 watch it for a minute. Just watch it. Just watch it. Okay. So then at some point. They figure out that <laughs> Captain Kirk is acting weird, right? What? I like uh, this plot's all over the place for me. What? Yeah. What, the, what the heck is going on? Like, there's just there's so much because like, then... oh, it it kills the guy in engineering, and then eventually <laughs> it ends up in the captain. Yeah. Um, and like, the aliens like, oh, super super sorry about killing that guy. We didn't know what we were doing blah 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 um when does it say that when it's uh, when, in picard when, when, it's, when it's in picard um oh this also back it up for a second there's a very important data moment when they're i think they're starting to um let brent spiner just be brent spiner where and he Tell me about what. uh sherlock holmes <laughs> Oh, the sh- yeah, the first introduction of Sherlock Holmes, which becomes huge later on in the series. Right? Yeah. Precise, Lieutenant. They omitted certain truths, which in itself tells us something. <laughs> the deduction. We can learn something from non-disclosure. Indubitably, my good woman. Oh. Like clacking his <laughs> mouth on the and like. Sherlock Holmes. I really indubitably one of my favorite things is to watch for Riker looking delighted. Yeah. <laughs> Data has been this studied. Is definitely one of those things. Has studied, sir. Um every case. And there's there's a bit later where Picard is talking and Data is like gesturing with the pipe and Ry- Picard's like, can we just get with get, stop. stop it? Uh, Data, stop with the pipe. Yeah. And like as he's talking. You can see Data keep reminding himself to not touch the pipe again. Oh, right. Because he right. keeps like racing. <laughs> have you seen Bottle Rocket, that movie, that Wes Anderson movie? I don't think I have. Oh, it's really good. There, there's a scene in it where somebody's got a gun and it's it's a funny scene. And they're making, they're planning this heist and some, like, somebody keeps touching the gun. Like, don't touch the gun. We're trying to do the thing. Here. Anyway. <laughs> it's a um, very good bit. That that's what it reminded me of. Um, also, did when you were introduced to Sherlock Holmes as a kid, mm-hmm. deduction, blah blah blah, right? Mm-hmm. I thought I did not realize that it's a bit that Sherlock Holmes is doing. Like I thought that it was like 
like I knew it was fiction, but I thought what they mm -hmm. were trying to do was trying to like say, no, you could legitimately figure this out by this grain of sand. When oh, it's, it's a bit, there's yeah. no way. Yeah, it's, it's just a, a very particular skill he has. But yeah, but right, like it's a superpower. But, it's, it's fantasy. You can't, yeah. nobody can figure it out from like, no, those the the Sherlock Holmes series were just um, were almost always some like Deus Ex Machina stuff yeah. popping out at the end. But but when I was introduced to it, either either somebody told me that or or they didn't. But I was like, oh, because like, I, I was be able really to figure this out. Yeah, I was really into like. I, I for a while there was really into riddles and like trying to figure out how to solve riddles and mm -hmm. I remember somebody asked me something some kind of riddle and I thought the clues were contained within the riddle itself and I couldn't figure it out and then mm -hmm. they told me the answer and it relied on like prior knowledge of like where polar bears are or something and that's when uh -oh. I realized like oh in order to figure out some riddles, you have to have outside knowledge other than the thing that is happening currently. <laughs> like not all riddles are self-contained. Yeah. Um, That's kind of a profound realization for a kid. Yeah, I, I was a weird, I was a, I was a weirdo. But, um, but also, so I thought that Sherlock Holmes was like, teaching me something sure so i was like oh okay well deduction then like i need i should be able to figure out all of this stuff right no that's no. not what it is no anyway okay so data with the pipe i yeah this this episode meanders a little bit we're gonna jump ahead it goes into where is it right here Is that when it hits Picard? I guess. I thought it was earlier than that. Um, what else do we want to say about this plot? It goes into Picard. Um, yeah, it sort of rambles until the very end um, where Picard has like merged with this energy alien right. and they're going to go live in the nebula together. <laughs> right. Because um, they're, they're besties now and... Um, the idea is that they'll be able to beam Picard out as pure energy. And they do, but he's alone. Uh, uh, Troy is like, oh, shit, he's by himself. Oh, no, he's so sad. And so then they beam him back using his previous um, transporter buffer log or whatever. Um, I want to say again, there's no way that that is the same person. Like, I can... Well, see, so the, the, the buffer is, like, the blueprint. So they download a mm -hmm. cup. Sorry, I've got, like, I was playing with pencils. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they download, like, the blueprint of how to assemble you. And so he was mm -hmm. beamed out as, like, in energy form, but presumably all of his original... Atoms. And... Atoms are still there they're just moving around a lot faster so they're like in a gaseous state so it's and all then, of his 
all of the atoms that were originally him, they're like his. It's not like I'm using this carbon atom from something else and this carbon right. atom from something else. It's all reassembled. Yes. I I feel like a really good... It, I mean, it's it's been done, like we talked about in previous episodes, but like, like in the Prestige, spoiler alert for the Prestige, but like... Have you seen that? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, some you know, maybe on a future discovery episode, they're like, every time you beam out, you, you're not, it, we, it's not the same person again. <laughs> you, you're actually, what happens to their consciousness? We don't know. And they somehow then, end up in the dimension where everybody's consciousness goes. <laughs> oh my God. That would yeah. be a great episode. Yeah. That would be a really excellent episode. It would be a way to basically you could just be like remember all of those times that you saw somebody beam out in a star trek thing that creates a new reality guess what that means any we don't have to follow any canon whatsoever because we can shrug it off by saying every time a transporter happened that created a new timeline so we can do whatever we want to with the with the past what i'd really love is for them to to like at some point discover that there were so so many like realities in the multiverse until like transporter technology came online and then just like exploded mm. and like at some point they reach some sort of like maximum um maximum number of realities mm. like there's yeah. some sort of finite limit right right yeah, Star Trek without transporter technology. I guess that's Enterprise, right? Yeah. Oh, I see Simon. I see your cat wandering around in the background. Yeah, he's having some dinner. The dog's asleep over there. Um. So then they. So then they get. They get Picard back. They right? do get Picard back, and then. But confused. Uh, so yeah, they beam Picard back, and he doesn't remember because it was like, the blueprint the copy from before they beamed him out and he's like what and they're like everything's fine captain um so it's not even that verifies it's not the same person yeah, yeah i guess you're right they fucking killed him <laughs> if he can't remember and it's a blueprint from a previous time then he comes back and he's not remembering that proves that it's not the same but that's the only time that's ever happened any other time they restore somebody from a like a buffer yeah they remember oh this is uh, oh at least you got rid of that damn pipe um <laughs> Riker looking just real pleased with himself which is uh, funny because later in the series she said you've been looking very tired captain oh this, this is part great. this part sorry commander but security team two reports they've discovered a puddle of blood outside the cellar quarters and they can't find one of the delegates and lieutenant so couldn't have waited a moment somebody's dead somebody's dead and he's like you, you gotta interrupt with this the problem is is that one of the cooks has just been asked to borrow reptile for the antikens <laughs> and it looks like the silly delegate <laughs> oh what were the peace delegates and all i think i do need a rest he's just like oh a delegate has been murdered and they're gonna eat him 
I'm gonna go take a nap because uh whatever. Do 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 end series. I mean end Oh hijinks. Yeah. The, the, I don't had we not gone through this first season like this, I don't think I would have remembered how kind of cheesy it was, but season two it does get a lot better. It does. It gets better very, very quickly. Yeah. All right. Um that's it for that episode, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll leave you with our closing music. Uh, for the only Star Trek podcast that exists on the internet, I am in the rear admiral, uh, Pete. I'm more admiral than you. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.